hello and wherever you are today, the Lord be with you. I'm Sue Fulford. I'm the Associate Hub Leader in the South Parish of Church Wigan. It's Sunday the 24th of May and our passage today is Acts chapter 23 verses 1 to 22. Paul looked straight at the Sanhedrin and said, My brothers, I have fulfilled my duty to God in all good conscience to this day. At this the high priest, Ananias, ordered those standing near Paul to strike him on the mouth. Then Paul said to him, God will strike you, you whitewashed wall. You sit there to judge me according to the law, yet you yourself violate the law by commanding that I be struck. Those who were standing near Paul said, You dare to insult God's high priest? Paul replied, Brothers, I did not realise that he was the high priest, for it is written, Do not speak evil about the ruler of your people. Then Paul, knowing that some of them were Sadducees and the others Pharisees, called out in the Sanhedrin, My brothers, I am a Pharisee, the son of a Pharisee. I stand on trial because of my hope in the resurrection of the dead. When he said this, a dispute broke out between the Pharisees and the Sadducees, and the assembly was divided. The Sadducees say that there is no resurrection, and that there are neither angels nor spirits, but the Pharisees acknowledge them all. There was a great uproar. And some of the teachers of the law who were Pharisees stood up and argued vigorously. We find nothing wrong with this man, they said. What if a spirit or an angel has spoken to him? The dispute became so violent that the commander was afraid Paul would be torn to pieces by them. He ordered the troops to go down and take him away from them by force and bring him into the barracks. The following night the Lord stood near Paul and said, Take courage, as you have testified about me in Jerusalem, so you must also testify in Rome. The next morning the Jews formed a conspiracy and bound themselves with an oath not to eat or drink until they had killed Paul. More than 40 men were involved in this plot. They went to the chief priests and elders and said, We have taken a solemn oath not to eat anything until we have killed Paul. Now then, you and the Sanhedrin, petition the commander to bring him before you, on the pretext of wanting more accurate information about his case. We are ready to kill him before he gets here. But when the son of Paul's sister heard of this plot, he went into the barracks and told Paul. Then Paul called one of the centurions and said, Take this young man to the commander. He has something to tell him. So he took him to the commander. The centurion said, Paul, the prisoner, sent for me and asked me to bring this young man to you because he has something to tell you.
The commander took the young man by the hand, drew him aside and asked, What is it you want to tell me? He said, The Jews have agreed to ask you to bring Paul before the Sanhedrin tomorrow on the pretext of wanting more accurate information about him. Don't give in to them, because more than 40 of them are waiting in ambush for him. They have taken an oath not to eat or drink until they have killed him. They are ready now, waiting for your consent to their request. The commander dismissed the young man and cautioned him. Don't tell anyone that you have reported this to me. Tucked away in the middle of this passage documenting Paul's trial before the Sanhedrin is verse 11. The following night, the Lord stood near Paul and said, Take courage. As you have testified about me in Jerusalem, so you must also testify in Rome. There have been chaotic, even violent scenes. Paul is facing extreme opposition. His life seems to hang by a fragile thread. There have been three serious attempts to kill him in two days. Indeed, the commander is so afraid that Paul will be torn apart in the violent argument that follows his testimony that he grabs him and takes him back to the barracks. It would be easy for Paul to be disheartened, to look back with regret. But the Lord comes and stands beside Paul and encourages him with a very timely reminder that he still has work to do for him in Rome. The moment of crisis becomes the moment of vision. Paul's sense of vocation to go to Rome is genuine. He isn't promised a comfortable ride, but he will get there and he must bear witness for Christ there. The way in which Paul's message is received is not his responsibility. He must simply remain faithful. I went through a period of 18 months when everything around me seemed to be going wrong. I was deeply unhappy and very confused. All I wanted to do was to serve the Lord and his people. I couldn't understand what was happening. I felt so alone and so lost. Yet, in the midst of my sadness and confusion, I had a very real sense of the Lord standing near to me assuring me that he would work things out. I simply had to remain faithful. We're living through days of confusion. We wonder what is happening to the world we thought we knew. Will anything ever be the same again? It would be easy for us to look back with regret, but perhaps for us, This moment of crisis might be our moment of vision. Let's pray that as we wait on the Lord and as we seek his purposes, he will speak clearly to us. And as we wait, be faithful. Let's end by praying. 
we pray together with the disciples of Jesus across Wigan and throughout the Liverpool Diocese and around the world. We pray in the words that he himself taught us. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as in heaven. Give us today our daily bread, forgive us our sins, as we forgive those who sin against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For the kingdom, the power and the glory are yours, now and forever. Amen. May God bless you today and every day. Goodbye.